You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Um, outside of the division, and look, the Marlins, sure, they could sign Jacob DeGrom, then they'd trade him in a year. It's exactly what would happen. They, they'd sign DeGrom, and then a year later, we would trade for him back and have to give up a bunch of prospects. Uh, that's the Marlins formula. And obviously, the Nationals and stuff, they're so far away. The other National League teams, the Giants and the Dodgers and the Cubs, are the three teams I would, and the Cardinals, those are the four teams I'd bring up as realistic, somewhat realistic, and we've heard their names mentioned, big money teams that could rival and make a big play for Jake. So of those four teams, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Cubs, and the Cardinals, we have a history with all four teams in various ways. Which one would bother you the most? Uh, I'm going to start this and I'm going to say the Cardinals shock of the century. Cause I just, they don't, they, their farm system is so good. Again, we look at the team, we look at the Dodgers and the Padres right now. They're just spending a ton of money. Cardinals are not that type of team right now. They always just find good, good trades. They find good young talent. They, they just have a good farm system. So to bring in an elite player on top of that, I just feel like they're always up on the top of the NL central anyway. It just makes it that much better. I, I, they could do more damage. Again, go back to doing more damage as a team. I think that he'd be, he would help the Cardinals much more. So Cardinals more than the Dodgers, because I think those are probably the two teams we're going to debate here. Would you say Cardinals or Dodgers or someone else, Loogie? I would say Cardinals too, because f them. I'll keep it simple. <laughs> f them and f them, f them times a thousand. Yeah, this, this is a tough one <laughs> because. Like, the, the reason to hate the L.A. Dodgers right now is that they're the new Yankees in terms of spending, no doubt yeah. about it. They spend a, a boatload of money. They're in on every elite player in the world. And number two, they're the best. And I know they didn't win the World Series this year, and they got knocked out early, but year in and year out, they're what we want to be because they go out and they win 100-plus games every single year. And obviously, they've had runs that have ended early, sometimes way too early, whether it's losing in the divisional series in 19 or losing in the divisional series this year. And then they've gotten in the world series and lost a bunch of times. And they've only won once. So you could certainly say they've underachieved considering all the success they've had, but they're the elite team in major league baseball. They're a premier team and it would suck to see a premier team get even better. I think that fits the Durant warriors comparison a little bit more to me, the Dodgers, but I, I, I sort of agree with you guys, the Cardinals, man, they, 
They are the non-division rival. I know they were many years ago, but I was young. We were all young for that. They are the non-division rival that has just caused us the most pain. Yep. You know, funny with the Dodgers. Those a little bit older than us will certainly argue 1988, and I totally get it, even though it was only two years removed from winning a World Series. But for us, we beat the L.A. Dodgers pretty easily in 2006. We beat the L.A. Dodgers in that classic series of 2015. So we haven't been stunned by the Dodgers, but those pricks from St. Louis, especially 2006, the, the series none of us will ever get over. We'll never get over that. No. Seeing DeGrom wear that disgusting jersey that Keith Hernandez thinks is the most beautiful logo in sports. Oh, every, every time they play the Cardinals. You know, Gary, this is the prettiest uniform in baseball. I wipe my ass with that jersey. Give me a break. And this is Cardinals one. There's just a smugness with their fans and just the way they're presented. Like, yeah, the worst. No doubt. It's Cardinals one. It's Dodgers two. It's Cubs three. And then the the Giants, I, I don't know why. I've always had, I don't like the Giants, but I've always had more of a softer spot for the Giants than I have any other team. So if they end up with him, I'd be pissed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be happy, but I think it would bother me less than the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals. That's how I view that. Um, so right now, you say Yankees. I say Phillies. Hoff says Braves for the teams that would kill us the most. Hoff, would the Yankees bother you more than the Phillies? No, I think Phillies still are behind the Braves. Because the Yankees, it doesn't really bother me. I know it's cross-town rivalry, but I, I've been very adamant about this year. I don't care about the Yankees. They're not on my radar anymore. I, I know that everyone feels like the Mets and Yankees have to battle head-to-head, but it's not about that anymore. Like I feel like the, our organization is in a different place, a better place than it ever was. So let, they have their own problems to deal with. I, I know it would be dirty if they stole the ground from us but again they have to overpay and it doesn't even that doesn't register they didn't they're not even gonna overpay for Aaron Judge like they're gonna get Jacob the ground so I, I think that's part of the reason why I don't care but, but by the way right now I think we're still in that love affair with Steve Cohen and rightfully so he has spent a lot of money the Mets last year had overall a pretty successful season in terms of the wins and losses during the regular season we all know how it ended if they ever lost a Grom to the Yankees, the Phillies, the Braves, really any National League team or Yankee team that we despise, it's going to change how we view Steve Cohen. It really is. And I, I think losing DeGrom in general would be a big moment early in his tenure as owner where there would be a lot. There'll be a civil war amongst Met fans because I know there'll be a yeah. lot of Met fans, maybe some listening right now, that are going to say, you can't pay DeGrom this. You can't give him that. It was a sound baseball move. We'll get that. So I think it'll be a civil war amongst Met fans. But I would have a very tough time kind of thinking what you just said about this organization if they let him go. I really do. If they're outbid, then what are we talking about with the billionaire owner? And what are we talking about then? If they're letting a career Met, a future Hall of Famer, walk away because of money or years. I, I do think it would make us reevaluate our view of this ownership group if that happens. No doubt. And, and I think one of the things with Cohen that he's done well, uh, although um, 
that series against the Padres, I found a few things that he didn't do well and he didn't, you know, have, it was a little tone deaf on, but um, overall, I think he listens to the fans. We've seen that he has a pulse for the fans. He's on Twitter. He hears what we have to say. He takes it into account. And, and I think in a lot of ways, Cohen, and I think it's ego driven, likes to sort of be the, you know, the conquering hero. Met fans, look what I've done for you. So here's our guy, DeCrom. How could he possibly let this guy walk for more money? So that's why I'm still confident. I am a little nervous as to why it hasn't gotten done yet. And you keep hearing these reports that, well, Jake wants to stay. Well, if the money's close, he's going to stay. And it's like, so why hasn't he signed yet? So I, I, I'm well, getting a little nervous with it. You, you know what I think it is? Yeah. You know what I think it is? I remember, and I think I do this once every three podcasts, and it makes Pete Rolla's eyes. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to make yeah. a comparison to the Brooklyn Nets. And Pete hates that. But I'm going to do it right now. When the Nets were negotiating with Kyrie Irving before the opt-in or the opt-out, there was kind of a game going on where I think the Nets knew ultimately they were better off with Kyrie Irving coming back. Forget what's happened since. That's not part of this conversation. It's They knew their best chance to succeed was Kyrie coming back, and they played hardball. And ultimately, they were right. Like, they played a real dangerous game of hardball, and they were ultimately right. Irving came back, opted into the final year. They had him on a one-year deal. No matter what happens, we have to admit the Nets kind of won the stare down during the offseason. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's not as, it's not vitriolic in the same way, but there's a stare-down. Like, that, that's how I take this right now, where the Mets want DeGrom back. At least I hope so, and this is my theory here. They want him back. They'd love to have him back. They know he gives them the best chance to win but they would like to not give him four years. They don't want to give him four years. But why and chance so, it? Say that one more time. I, I don't know why you would even chance it, though. Like, like in theory, I know it's not realistic, but in theory, we figured it's Cohen, boom, 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 while West spent Ooh. a lot of money. Why the stare down? I, I, again, I, it goes back to the same things I was saying during the Kyrie Irving thing. Why risk it? Why risk alienating Kevin Durant? Why risk this? Why risk him taking the mid-level exception? I, yes, I agree with you. This is why I can't be a GM or an owner because I would just simply say, F it, bring the guy back. Don't mess around. Dude, they didn't mess around with Diaz and, and rightfully so they didn't mess around with him. So why, I think why they, mess around no, with I, here's the, cause here's the difference. I think there was that, there was a market for Edwin Diaz. I think they thought, well, if we mess around, he will get five years, 120 from somebody else. There will be a team willing to offer that. I don't think they believe someone's going to offer the Grom four years, 180 which is the number and the contract that seems to make the most sense, right? $45 million a year, beats Max Scherzer, four-year deal. It seems to make sense. 
I think the Mets are kind of holding back thinking no one's going to beat them. No one's offering them that. So we're going to stay back here. We're going to remain patient. And we're going to get them on our deal. Because let me ask you this. Let's say they're right. No one offers them that. And we get an announcement the next week or so that Jacob deGrom has re-signed on a two-year, $83 million contract. What would your reaction be? Besides him being back, what would your reaction be to the contract he signed specifically? I don't know. I, I, I don't really get nuts with that stuff. I feel I'd be just happy that he's coming back. And I feel but you like wouldn't that... say, wow, the Mets, they, they won the negotiation in a way? Yeah, they would have won the negotiation, but that's like the Mets won the negotiation. Thomas Lugauer didn't win anything. I got my player back. Yes, they got the, they got the deal they wanted. They rolled the dice and won. Yeah. What I don't want is them to roll the dice and lose, lose and bring yes. in freaking Verlander. Like no, that dude. would be aggravating to me. I agree when with they, you. And, when, if, and they messed around. You know what I mean? Like, and if all. they don't end up back with him, you and I, rightfully so, and Hoff will all be screaming, you shouldn't have messed around. Yeah. I agree with you. And I, I'm not defending what they're doing. I'm merely kind of saying this is what I think they're doing. This is the impression I get. Uh, and I also think DeGrom said, Again, back in spring training, and I can only take his word, I will opt out, I will be a free agent, and I will remain in constant contact with the New York Mets. Almost this belief of, hey, I'll always go back to them when I finally get that offer. So the hope is if he, he does get four years 180 from Texas, he goes back to the Mets and says, hey, guys, I got four years 180. And then the Mets have at least the opportunity to match it to get him back. Now, that may not happen. DeGrom may be turned off by the negotiations, get four years 180, and say, see ya, I'm done. You know, that that's a risk. So I definitely think the Mets are playing a risky game, but the reason they're playing the game is because they think deep down they're going to get him at their amount of years. And I don't even, even say it their number, because the number's the number. He's going to get over $40 million a year. It's yeah, the years. Yeah. It's the years. And that's what they're fighting over. And look, Fingers crossed they don't F this up because we'll all be very pissed off if they overplay their hand. And there is a team, whether it's Texas, Atlanta, L.A., or you name it, that give him what he wants, and he's gone. Well, dude, and then the bloom starts to fall off the rose because – and then you start to bring in – not that this has to do with Epler if it comes down to money, but, like, the trade deadline stunk. Is that a fair word? I mean, it was It didn't work. Good. It didn't work it didn't as well work. as we had hoped. No. Right. It, it didn't work as well as we hoped. And now you get off to sort of a rocky start here, you know, if Jake doesn't come back. So then all of a sudden you start to look at Epler, you start to look at Cohen, and that honeymoon period, like you talked about before, oh, starts to go away with a little bit from a lot of the fans. I mean, you're always going to have those pie in the sky. Things are great. They're the best. They're the Mets. Don't knock them. But the people that actually get it will be all over these guys. You cannot, you cannot in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap, <laughs> lose your <laughs> Hall of Fame guy. Because of money. And that's really what it is. Because it's, you may say it's years. Well, it's money in the back end of a contract. So it's, I don't want to pay him in 2025. And ultimately, this isn't the NBA where, oh, crap. We can't, we don't have room to add someone else. You always have room to add somebody else as long as you're willing to pay the money. And when we're told we've got a billionaire owner that's willing to pay the money, I'm not good with losing a guy over money. You want to tell me, hey, they didn't make this trade because they didn't want to trade a prospect? I'll get it. I'll defend it. I'll understand it. But none of us, I don't think, are going to understand losing a guy over money.
And ultimately, whether it's three years or four years, the whole discussion is about money. So, yeah, that did, that will not <laughs> translate well with the fans, dude. If that's something like where it's an extra year or more money in the back end, nobody, no Met fans going to give a crap. If they hear that, they're going to be pissed. Don't care I about agree. stuff like that, especially with Jacob DeGrom. That I agree. This is a different category than most players. No question. No question about it. By the way, you can email the podcast at thericob at gmail.com. And coming up in a couple of days on the next edition of Rico Bronia, in a very kind of similar discussion, we're going to talk about in the past the loss of certain Met free agents, guys that they lost in free agency, guys that they traded away, guys that either were true Met legends or you just happen to love them. And it <laughs> devastated you when you did lose them. There's a lot of guys to go through. Got a lot of feedback on Twitter from that. Obviously, if you have individual stories before we record the podcast, you can email us at thericob at gmail.com. Also coming up in the next couple of days and weeks, we'll take a closer look at the minor league system. We will discuss the worst free agent signings in the history of the New York Mets on the heels of last week's pod of the greatest free agent signings in the history of the Mets. And we'll also react to any of these offseason moves when they finally start to happen here on Rico Bronia. Thank you to Lugie for joining us. Obviously, here with me and Craig and Big Mac every day on the fan, 2 to 6.30. Pete Hoffman, who's done a stellar job filling in like every day. And you're welcome for that, Pete. I, yes, I made Spike feel bad that he was going to play the freaking CBS Sports Network on an overnight. I said, what are we doing? Can you give Hoff another shift? And he said, but I want Hoffman to love his family. And I said, Hoffman doesn't give a rat's ass about his family. Let him do another overnight. And he said, fine. Right, Pete? That's right. And to be honest with you, when I told my family I was leaving, they said, thank you. Exactly. It works for everybody. Thank you all for listening to another edition of Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 